Hello there. It's time for most things Kenobi. I prefer all things Kenobi, but I suppose that's not the Jedi way. As long as it's not all things Anakin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Leanne. And I'm your host, Lauren. And this week, interesting topic, one that we don't completely understand, even after doing significant amount of research. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're talking about the wills. And W-H-I-L-L-S, the wills. You know what? If Let's you will. talk about the wheels. <laughs> Let's talk about the wheels. Wheels. <laughs> That's so funny. It's a deep topic. And I'm not, like I was telling you, I'm not entirely sure I truly understand it. Yeah, when we picked this last week, I don't think either of us realized what we were getting into. <laughs> No, that's typically how it goes, but (laughs) we're just having a conversation, a little case study on the wills, and actually, if people understand it more, please chime in after after you listen to this episode, because we're open to it. As far as I can tell, it's a George Lucas original, like original, original. Yeah, like from the first script you ever wrote. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I didn't... The script that got tossed. I didn't realize that at all. And, like, I don't know where this is from, like, what source this comes from, but the fact that the whole Skywalker saga is actually R2-D2 replaying the events of the Skywalker life a hundred years after the Battle of Yavin to one of these Keepers of the Wills, you know? I never heard that before. (laughs) I fucking love that. I always had a headcanon that a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, dot, 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 is actually R2-D2. Well, you're (laughs) right. I mean, that is what it is. Yeah. I guess George Lucas confirms this. It's pretty crazy. Well, he's the only one that's seen it all and hasn't had his memory wiped. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Which is, my God, it's kind of sad, though. It is. It, it does make me sad and also like skeptical that a droid could survive that long because I don't own any piece of technology that would survive more than 100 years. But whatever, That this is the future we're talking about. So maybe the fact that R2 is the hell robot that survives <laughs> all this stuff. <laughs> it's so funny. Well, there's a lot of interesting things that I came across when like studying this for this episode about the wills and where it all originated with George Lucas and how, in fact, he wanted to write, he had like a whole journal mm-hmm. about the wills, which was, it was kind of not, they didn't buy it, so he scrapped it. And then that's how he came up with Star Wars, basically. Yeah. But he never truly abandoned the idea of the wills. And of course, then we get the episodes in the Clone Wars, you know, through Dave Filoni via George Lucas. Yeah. So it's definitely, like, in the background at all times, which I do like because if that was his original thing, I'm glad he kept it kind of interwoven in a way or in some form since the beginning. Well, it makes me think he must have been working towards that sequel trilogy that he had planned to make. Because yeah, that, 
Yeah. We see in Clone Wars, right as it got canceled, they were starting to get into talking about the wills, which is crazy. And then it gets canceled. So to me, that seems like he was <laughs> he was starting to set it up, you know, because I guess there's there's some book called like the Star Wars Archives, right? Isn't that? Mm-hmm. And so like in there, he discusses his plan for the sequel trilogy. And it was supposed to be diving into the spiritual stuff, like the wills themselves, right? Isn't that, that was his like original plan. Yeah. Yeah. It's the journal of the wills that he wrote in 1973. It's the story of Mace Windy, (laughs) which I kind of love the name Mace Windy better than Mace Windu. (laughs) That's, you know, in the, original radio drama luke has a friend named windy there you go it all kind of wraps together he just he just like keeps all these little references and if he doesn't use it here he decides to use it there like it's it's so funny and only us crazy obsessed people find (laughs) find all the connections because we're oh truly truly there's so many connections in fact and most of them show up in the clone wars series which is not a surprise because dave filoni worked with george lucas yeah to bring about some of the things that we learned in the clone wars and in rebels so it continued into the rebels series just to give people a background this is a direct quote from george lucas himself via star wars the annotated screenplays he says quote Originally, I was trying to have the story be told by somebody else. There was somebody watching this whole story and recording it. Somebody probably wiser than the mortal players in the actual events. I eventually dropped this idea and the concept behind the wills turned into the force. But the wills became part of this massive amount of notes, quotes, background information that I used for the scripts. The stories were actually taken from the journal of the wills. And so basically the wills as we know them are just kind of spiritual keepers of the past, the present and the future. Would that be a good way to, to sum it up? The wills themselves are not that, but the guardians of the wills are the ones who keep the journals. Yes. My bad. Yeah. So the wills are connected to the, um, the midichlorians, correct? Yeah. So that's the shit that really surprised me. Basically, what George Lucas set up the wills and the force, they are basically, they're parasites. Like, it really freaks me out a little <laughs> bit. They're like a parasitic infection that, like, controls, quote, your destiny, even though they're calling them symbiotic because they are, as opposed to a parasite, a symbiote, you know, you you're able to, like, live in harmony together and and help each other but the wills are microscopic organisms i don't know but they live off of and live with and communicate through the midichlorians to the living beings that they're attached to correct and so like the and the more you have the more power you have through the force if you choose yeah Yeah, because some people they're saying could ignore their, quote, destiny if they wanted to. But if you're opening yourself to listening to the will of the force, they're saying the will of the force is equivalent to the wills, W-H-I-L-L-S. This is so complicated. (laughs) It's very complicated. It's insane. That's why, like, the more I started researching this, I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) It's It's a lot. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. It's crazy. The two canonical references we have through the Skywalker saga is first in the Clone Wars episode where Yoda communicates with the priestesses 
or the shamans of the wills. Yeah. The keeper of the wills. And then again, in the novelization of The Force Awakens by Alan Dean Foster, which I thought was interesting because had they run with it, like you said, George Lucas's plans for the sequel trilogy, much different, right? Yeah. It would have explored the wills even more. And I wish they would have gone that direction. It would have been so much more interesting. Yes. It could have really lended to Ray's story because she was obviously very big. She had a lot of will. She had a lot of wills and she had a lot of midichlorians. Yeah. <laughs> if you follow this route of thinking. Yeah. Well, and she, like, Leia was supposed to be the chosen one of the sequel trilogy. Right. And I guess Ray would have been Anakin's granddaughter, I think. Something there Which was would have made so much more sense. There was a plan for a granddaughter who was like very strong in the force, who kind of like developed into Ray, I guess. But like, man, would that have been? And like, they're saying Luke is rebuilding the Jedi Order while Leia is the new Chancellor, and like, I, whoa, I would be so interested to see that story. But it's whatever. so far from what we got. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah, it's it would be so cool. Just, you know, to envision something different, to see something different, much different. Well, maybe that's what Filoni is working on with all these shows. Maybe. maybe he's still finding a way to bring George's sequels to life somehow. Right? That would be very interesting to see, but yeah, I don't this was like it was not what I was expecting. I really wasn't. I was to have it be more like microorganisms as opposed to like a more like spiritual thing. It was, it's kind of weird to think that all the people who have quote the force are being controlled by a microorganism within their body as opposed to like an external source outside of their body, which is kind of how we think of God, you know, and like the mm -hmm. universe in that we live in. A lot of times we think of an omniscient or omnipresent spiritual force yeah. that can come into our body but like is lives externally this is like the opposite of that where it's like it lives inside you and then you can affect things outside of you through its influence but i don't know man <laughs> it's not what i expected at all well then we have a t the temple of the wills which is on jetta mm -hmm. so there's a whole ass temple <laughs> that the jedi would go to it was it was considered sacred by the Jedi. Of course, the the planet of Jedha was a big Jedi, yeah, centric. I, I'm not sure how to phrase it. Well, it was it had, just revered. It was like revered. a Kyber temple, right? So yeah, 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 yeah. Which we know from Rogue One, they were basically the Empire was harvesting Kyber right. crystals from there. It's really it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that so like within that right, there's the there are two parts of that right it's like the guardians of the will and then the disciples of the will is that right am yes. i remembering that right yeah. yeah and so like one felt the force and one used the force but they used different they were like different oh i don't know it's so fucking confusing and then there's another thing called the church of the force right it's, it's just like right it starts to to spiral into this huge I don't even know. I mean, you can kind of see why it didn't really take off. It was a little complicated. Yeah. You needed to boil it down to something. And he boiled it down to Star Wars and um, the, force. the Force itself. Yeah. <laughs> which keeps it which simple. <laughs> I would love to learn more about the Temple of the Kyber and like Jeddah 
the disciples of the whales, like all that stuff is really fascinating to me. And I guess they've kind of started making material for it, but really not much. There's like, I think there's a graphic novel of it. And then there's mm-hmm. references to it in Rogue One. And then there is uh, a comic where Luke goes back to Jeddah. I think it's called Ashes of Jeddah. But that doesn't mm-hmm. go in depth into the history of the what Jeddah City really was and like what the spiritual part of it was. So it's like it's almost too big for even Disney to tackle because it's such a complex yeah. idea. It really is. I, I mean, we were getting close to it again in the episode of Clone Wars where Yoda goes in search of the wills and speaks to them and Qui-Gon ends up telling him, like, if you can communicate in this fashion after death, you if you communicate with the wills or the shaman of the wills, then you can learn to communicate after death. Yes. Which kind of, I mean, that's why I was so confused in the Kenobi series because Qui-Gon showed up as a corporeal figure. Right. We know that it's voice only unless you learn more. And Qui-Gon never got to complete his studies, which is why he should have remained just a voice. So people are saying that because Yoda learned from the wills that he was able to help Qui-Gon continue learning after death. And that's how he was eventually able to like manifest a body. Okay, I can bu- I can buy that, but that's a stretch still. Right, and like, have they actually shown that anywhere? There's a lot of references, like a lot of stuff I read was on Wikipedia. So like, mm-hmm. I didn't go through the annotations to see like what their source material was for all of this information. I, like, I didn't have time, honestly, because there's just so much. You know, in these articles, they're saying that Qui-Gon was able to continue studying after death because he at least had a consciousness, and I guess that's all you need to keep learning. And Yoda was able to, like, learn physically affecting the real world, even though he was in the spiritual plane. Like, he had his gimmer stick that he hit Luke in the head with. Oh, yes. And he, like, was able to make a (laughs) bolt of lightning come down and hit the force tree that Luke had on Octu. So it's like... yeah. They were saying that that was new for ghosts. I mean, Obi-Wan did come in and sit down on a tree... In Return of he the did. Jedi. But he did. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's really interesting because then the, in these articles, they also say Anakin becomes a Force ghost and Ben Solo becomes a Force ghost, which I didn't remember seeing that anywhere, but maybe it's in I a, don't. We don't see him. Maybe it's in we a book. We don't see that. Is it no, in it a, could be in a book. Maybe yeah. a novelization. Apparently, so like if you are a good person, you can just like... If you're really selfless, apparently you can just like learn it through death. I don't know. That was really a far stretch. Well, for how me. does that explain how Anakin became a Force ghost? His redemption and being the chosen one, I guess, was. I mean, I guess, yeah. Because okay, on on the topic of the chosen one, the novelization that we get for the Force Awakens actually talks about the prophecy, uh, through with the idea of the wills, mm-hmm. um. The first quote, this is this is from the first draft of the Journal of the Wills. Okay. So follow, if you will. It says, quote, And in the time of greatest despair, thou sh- there shall come a savior, and he shall be known as the Son of the Sons. So Son, S-O-N, of the Sons, S-U-N-S. Hmm. And so, like, you could say of the twin sons of Tatooine. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, but, I mean, you could also say Luke as that as well because he becomes a savior also yeah. from there yeah um and 
Was born and, and raised then, on Tatooine. <laughs> correct. Well, not born there, the, but we was get, raised there. And then we get the novelization by Alan Dean Foster with a quote from the Journal of the Wills in the novelization of The Force Awakens. And it says, quote, First comes the day, then comes the night. After the darkness shines through the light. The difference, they say, is only made bright by the resolving of gray through the refined Jedi sight. Wow. Sounds like Anakin to me. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense, right? Because while I was researching this, I wanted to know what Anakin's... Because he has the highest midichlorian count of all time. Mm -hmm. So I started like mm -hmm. looking into it, and it's tied to the grand experiment. Did you start reading about that at all when you were doing any of this no. research? No, tell me more. So the grand experiment is like a reference to Dark Darth Pelagius. Pelagius or Pelagus? I, I feel like I say Plagueis. Okay, I'm never really sure how to pronounce it. Plagueis. It's not. It's he's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. Why the long face, Darth Plagueis? <laughs> Doesn't he have like the longest face in history? I think so. Yeah, he's like he's so hideous. Anyway, it has nothing to do with what you're about to say. <laughs> no, but I, I like it. <laughs> so he decided to do this experiment with Sidious. They were working together because Sidious was his apprentice. So they were trying to create like a sentient being exerting their will on the Force and midichlorians to create like their own perfect tool and like that makes sense. Manipulate the Force, right? Yes. The Wills did not like that because it goes against their plan for living right. beings living in harmony it throws the mm -hmm. universe out of balance so they in response created anakin skywalker as like a countermeasure to what darth Plagueis was doing so you know how this is interesting anakin has no father you know he's like right he was an immaculate conception from the wills and the midichlorians in as a as a big fu to their little experiment, yes. which, ironically, they end up getting to use anyway in the end. They end up yeah. manipulating and using him as their tool, yeah. at least uh, Darth Sidious, Palpatine. Exactly. So, does. But it's like the Oedipus complex, right? Of like, yeah, he's destined to kill his father, so he says, well, I don't want to kill my father, so he leaves and goes on this, you know, odyssey. And by returning and, like, being on this odyssey, he fulfills the destiny of accidentally killing his father. So Correct. that's what happens to Oedipus is it's the same thing. It's like the Sith wanted to create this being and the Wills yeah. didn't want that as fate and destiny. So they created Anakin and then Sidious thinks that he's getting what he, he wanted anyway. He's got this tool yeah. that he can use, which ultimately, by fulfilling that, forced Anakin to go the full circle of being both light and dark and returning to the light and bringing balance to the Force as like a gray area, like balance. Just like the, the, the quote said. Exactly. So it's like, I, I thought that was very interesting. And it ties into how the wills and the... At least the wills, the priestesses of the wills that we see in Clone Wars, mm -hmm. they talk about how fear and the dark side are actually important. Because it's like the light is important, but what you and I always talk about, you have to have the dark to balance the light. Balance Absolutely. isn't the, like, the absence of darkness. You have to have both. And the wills understood that. Well, you can't, you can't understand one without the other. You can't realize what one is without knowing 
the opposite of it. Right. Isn't it weird? We have to define things by knowing the opposite of what it would be. It's so interesting. It is. That also makes me think about how Yoda in that episode for Clone Wars, he's sent to the dark Mm -hmm. island or whatever where he has to go and face his inner darkness. Yes. And how that's really an important step. Because you have to realize that in order to cross over to the light to get to that other side to fulfill it. Exactly. I kind of love this because this is the overriding thing theme of Star Wars anyways, to overcome the darkness, to make your choice, to choose the light, to choose the good, to, you know, the selfless thing yeah. in the end. And we see that through all the protagonists. Mm-hmm. That is Luke and Leia. That's Anakin. I mean, we see it a thousand times with Obi-Wan. Um, it's Ben Solo. It's Rey. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's all of them. You have to acknowledge that you do have both light and dark inside you. It's the choices that you make. Mm-hmm. And like, Which we've always reiterated on this show is the important thing about Star Wars is it's about your choice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, the, it's true in real life, which is probably why so many people feel really connected to Star Wars because it is like, it's like removed enough from real life that we can actually like take lessons from it in an unbiased way. But it really applies to real life in a, in a really kind of beautiful way did you read about the bendu and how that came about no rebels i love the bendu he's such a because it's not just like a gentle sweet character it's like it's a little bit scary at the same time and i i love right right so when george lucas first wrote the journal of the wills he mentioned mace windy who was an original jedi bendu monk so bendu was actually lucas's original name for jedi really but he dropped that he kept jedi and what's interesting is the tie-in is that then dave filoni used bendu as the name of the spiritual well he looks like an ox yeah he's kind of a (laughs) spiritual being of both light and dark he's kind of gray Mm -hmm. he takes the middle road between the light and the dark side of the force and it's and it's interesting because lucas's original terms for the light and dark side of the force are the ashla and the bogan which become canon in rebels and ashla was also the alias used by ahsoka in her novel so the novel titled ahsoka is her that's her nomiker she uses really I didn't know Which that. is Lucas's original term for the light. Which makes sense because she's also tied to the daughter from Mortis, who is yes. the light side. And a lot of people argue that Mace Windu is kind of like a gray Jedi or the most gray of the Jedi because he's got, you know, he kind of treads the line. Mm-hmm. So Mace Windy, <laughs> just that name. I'm so glad they changed it. Was an original <laughs> Jedi Bendu. But the Bendu is known, according to Wikipedia, is a collection of non-confrontational beliefs practiced by Bendu monks. So the original Journal of the Wills by Lucas himself talks about the Bendu, and now we have a whole non-confrontational religion. And their symbol is eerily similar to the Republic symbol and then eventually the Empire symbol. So it all kind of ties together. I know it's a lot. It's a lot, but it's crazy. You're right, because the symbol does look like that, which is so interesting because opposite of non-confrontational, right, with, with the, right? the empire. It, it's funny. The symbol of Bendu was a circle connected by eight even spokes, which represented the unification of the galaxy by the force. Oops. The empire <laughs> cut through that unification and put a lot of gaps in the symbol, which, I mean, if you look at 
you know, the the Empire slash, you know, the Republic in its height. Yeah. You know, and then the Sith Empire during the Galactic War, the symbol's very, it's a pointed version of the circle. It's all connected. It's so fascinating. Oh my gosh, this is like blowing my damn mind, honestly. Yeah. It's insane because Anakin's fighter in Revenge of the Sith, uh, the fighter ship, that little starfighter he flies, has a version of the six-spoke symbol, not the eight-spoke. So it's a version of the Bendu slightly less instead of, I mean, there's seven, there's eight, there's six, there's all these numbers. And we know how numbers play an important part. We've talked about it in the Mortis arc. Crazy. I had no idea I about a, any it's of a this lot, stuff. You're but... really, like, blowing my fucking mind. And this all comes from George Lucas's Journal of the Wills, which never took off anyway. Star Wars was inspired by it. He had it in his mind. And, of course, we all know that Luke's... The, the whole Skywalker name was originally supposed to be Starkiller right up until, like, right. they started filming. Right. They even had to reshoot... The I'm Luke Skywalker, I'm here to rescue you. They had to reshoot it because he said, I'm Luke Starkiller, I'm here to rescue you. Yeah, I, I I prefer Skywalker. I think it's one of the greatest names ever, ever, ever. Yeah. It's... Especially for him. <laughs> Starkiller is too much. Wasn't that the name of uh, Vader's apprentice? Yeah, in the game, yeah. Yeah. What a fucking honor that must have been, right, to get to play the character Hell that yeah. was like the original name of this Skywalkers, like I, I don't know. I just love that shit. <laughs> I just, it's, it's, it, it, it's really difficult. The wills is not a simple concept at all. Yeah. It's not as simple as the priestesses that we see in the Clone Wars episode. It goes beyond. It's a, it ties into a religion. It ties into consciousness after death. It ties into midichlorians and how Anakin came about and how, you know, the, the prophecies within. Well, I start to wonder too, like, okay, so when you're alive, the wills and midichlorians communicate to you through your living body, basically. So if you die and preserve your consciousness, how do they communicate with you then if you don't have like a symbiotic body to to live in together? Well, maybe they're the the link. Well, I guess maybe if you had it, it could be because they say when you die, right? Do, I and I always get this mixed up. When you die, do you join the cosmic force or the living force? But they were saying that one feeds into the other. So if you can, if when you die, you preserve your consciousness and you go into this like center point where it's like the mm-hmm. living force feeding the cosmic force, which is also then the wills, like. Uh, it's like, it's a lot for the brain. <laughs> it really is. It's, it's a lot. Like the closer you get to it, the farther away it feels. It's so confusing. Oh. <laughs> Let's just read the very basic definition of the force. Let's go to the original everything, right? The force was an energy field created by all life that connected everything in the universe and was known by a variety of names throughout galactic history. So, as Obi-Wan says to Luke Skywalker, quote, The Force is what gives a Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. End quote. So I could see that if it's an energy field, if you continue to remain in that energy field after death, you could continue to use it, per se, to communicate and instruct. Or as, as long as you're leading someone... On, towards the light in their living form i've never seen a force ghost do anything nefarious well that you can't be 
I guess, according to the rules they've established, you can't be a force ghost if you're not selfless, which is why the Sith can't preserve their consciousness because they're selfish. That would be why, like, all the ghosts are good, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this is so funny to me. <laughs> because Leia becomes a force ghost, right? And we had, we had questions about that. Yeah, so... But I think by default... And that's kind you know. of what they were implying because she was so like pure of spirit because she was the ultimate selfless being. You know, she was always fighting for a cause beyond always. herself. Yeah. And so like naturally when she died, she would be a force ghost. But she was also studying. You know, she was training with Luke. And I do feel like they're twins. So maybe there's right. a tie there oh absolutely something spiritual yeah, yeah, yeah and if luke understood this and like was had studied with yoda and obi-wan and had learned how to join the living force or whatever he probably taught leia and even if he didn't teach her they were tied together spiritually so it, i don't know if it's ever been like officially addressed or not though she just appeared and so it's again it's like did they just write that in without like really reading about it and like understanding how force ghosts work or did they understand it better than all of us <laughs> and they just haven't shared the information with us yet i don't know it's it's fun like it's fun to talk about this but like you said before we started recording we don't really have any answers <laughs> no we, we're just we're doing a study in trying to figure out well first of all we talked about the origins of it and from there it just got more complicated because george lucas's brain is a different type of brain Seriously, as a writer, like we both are writers, this just blew my mind as like a creative person. It's like I've written novels that aren't Star Wars related and I'm always working on something that's not Star Wars related. Mm -hmm. Never in my whole life have I ever decided to come up with a whole new religion, explanation for existence, like a symbiotic creature that gives you... My brain is just exploding because it's like... <laughs> Uh, whose mind works like this you know it's like who has the time for their mind to work <laughs> yes, like this exactly the same thought. how often <laughs> are you taking a shower george lucas where you stand there and think about these things because that's the only time of peace i have to think about anything random me too shower taking a Damn. shower and driving or taking a walk those are the only three times that i like my brain can have time for it's true writing it's true so yeah I don't know. How do you feel about it? Do you like this explanation for what the, wills, the wills and the force? Do you mean specifically with Leia becoming a force ghost or just the wills in general? Just in general. Like, what are your feelings on it? The parasite midichlorian thing is weird, but it's always been weird to me in Star Wars. I do like that uh, those there's a greater thing watching over. It, by asking me this, we're talking about the greater topic of like does destiny exist is everything predetermined or do we seal our own fate you know and i think about vikings who thought everything was predetermined that they were just on this path and at the mercy of their predetermined destiny and yeah you know and that sort of thing and i don't know that i believe that because we saw with anakin that it's both yes and no to his destiny right he fulfilled the destiny he just went in a very roundabout long ass way of doing it that resulted in a lot of terrible things, right? Yeah. I like the idea of the priestesses that we see in the Clone Wars. That gives it a little more concrete, 
like something tangible to work with other than all of this like philosophical they have their hands in the destiny but they don't at the same time and people can choose but then they're also like manipulating and working with midichlorians and all this it's a little much so i'm okay with certain aspects but not with others when i always come back to the ultimate question of like why why are they bothering (laughs) yeah no i love the idea of the force i believe the force exists right now in this lifetime, yeah, I believe everything is connected. All living things are connected. That's why as humans, we have to be very careful about our environment. We have to be very careful about what we do to it mm-hmm. because it's a ripple effect that we may not see, but it it's happening anyway. All living things are connected. Yeah, it's a chain. The force exists. It's a chain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are, like, think about it on this level, too. There are animals that can see and hear beyond what humans are able to. There are colors that exist that we can't see as humans. Mm-hmm. So, like, to assume that it, the only things that exist are what we can see and touch with our own physical existence is already disproven because there are other living creatures that can go beyond what we can. So imagine what an even heightened being could experience and see so like i mean human bodies if you want to even take spirituality out of it you're an electrical Mm -hmm. being you have an electrical force field it's what powers your brain and electrical stuff extends beyond its own container so it's not like totally crazy to think that like your electrical energy is extending beyond your skin at the very least Mm -hmm. which would be the same for trees and grass. So as you walk through nature, you literally could have like your energy kind of touching each other. I know that sounds like really crazy, but it's actually not. It's what is it? What is it like thermodynamics or whatever the fuck it is? It's like where they realized that all existence is not solid. It's energy Mm -hmm. moving. It is. It is. Yeah. And that's why. You can think of it like you get a bad vibe from someone. That's an energy. You get a good vibe from someone. Why do animals not like certain people but do like certain people? I mean, it's all energy. And if you think about it, what's powering human beings is energy in an atom. I mean, the smallest entity in our bodies. (laughs) It's a midichlorian, bitch. (laughs) Our atoms and what's inside our atoms, those are the wills. (laughs) Yes. Jesus, Lord. (laughs) But you're right. I mean, even think about like when there's going to be an earthquake or a volcano, animals can sense it. Like when I was in geology class and we were talking about um, earthquakes in particular, but volcanoes as well, they say one of the indicators is that animals leave the area in a mass. Correct. Like in a very unusual speed all at once. There'll be no birds. There'll be no squirrels. And it could be mm-hmm. days before the event even happens. And that's because they can tell something is up with the earth. They can feel mm-hmm. it. It's pretty amazing. So, yeah, I definitely, one one of the many reasons to love Star Wars is the way it ties yeah. into this stuff. I just never thought when, when we said we were going to research this, that we were going to go back to the very, very beginning of George Lucas's original ideas. I had yeah, no clue. I didn't either. I had no idea that this had always been part of his... Basically, it's his own head cannon. <laughs> Think of the shit that Dave Filoni has to know oh in order God. to tie in stuff like the Bendu and the yeah. the uh, the Ashla for the for the novelization for Ahsoka and uh, yeah. all this shit. And oh, I hope we get to see more. I hope we get to see more 
maybe in future works. They are like Jedi, those two. It's like George Lucas is they the are. grandmaster and he's passing his they knowledge on to are. the master. <laughs> they will communicate after death. <laughs> Seriously. They'll still be sitting around. Dave Filoni in his P- Pittsburgh Penguins hat will be sitting around as a force ghost with George Lucas in his Costco white sneakers and they'll be talking about this shit as force ghosts. I believe this. Oh my God, I'm dying. Yep, I agree. <laughs> Oh my god, it's Costco sneakers. You're fucking killing me. <laughs> you know the ones. Oh, I do. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. The pl- and the jeans, the dad the jeans. The dad jeans, the uh, plaid shirt, and the white sneakers. It's a, it's a look. It's a mood. Yeah. <laughs> it's a choice. <laughs> <laughs> when you're that rich, it is a choice. <laughs> like It is a choice. <laughs> now it's your turn listeners what are your thoughts on the wills do you like the idea of it being kind of a symbiotic relationship do you interpret it more as an energy force we're interested how you interpret the wills because it is a deep and complex subject so like sure is and i said we don't really feel like we have a good grasp on it even after all this research so tell us your thoughts For next week's episode, we reached out to our patrons and we asked them, pick our next podcast episode. Our choices that we gave them were how Leia is like Padme and Anakin or how is Luke like Padme and Anakin? And out of all of our patrons, it was 100% (laughs) chosen. How is Leia like Padme and Anakin? So with their choice next week, we will talk about all the ways that Leia is like her mom and her dad. And I think it's going to be a fun a fun chat. Especially for sure. after what Obi-Wan said in the, the season finale of the show. Yes, that we will definitely. It's going to give some feels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're definitely going to get into that too. So join <laughs> us. It's going to be a good one. On last week's episode, we revisited our top five things that we had wanted to see on the Kenobi series. We discussed what we did get and what we didn't get, what we were glad we didn't get. We ran a poll on our Instagram asking our listeners to tell us what was something that they had wanted to see in the Kenobi series but that they didn't get. And we got so many responses. We got over 40, almost 50 responses. It was pretty intense. There seemed to be some consistent themes in the responses that we got. Most people wanted to see either Satine, Ahsoka, or Cody. Some other things that people wanted to see were Clone Wars flashbacks, a Cal Kestis cameo, a Quinlan Voss appearance, Obi-Wan doing yoga training, which I would pay good money to see, a Hondo appearance, more episodes in general, Rex, Tala surviving, no one else dying in Obi-Wan's arms, a Padme flashback, a Corky Kreese slash Kenobi reference, more emotional and psychological pain, sorry not sorry, and my favorite one of all, a robe drop. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Most Things Kenobi podcast. If you would like to support us, you can do so on Patreon. And you can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. If you enjoy our podcast, we would love it if you would rate us on Spotify and or Apple. And if you need just one place to find all of these things, head on over to mostthingskenobi.com. So until next time, my space twin, may the force be with you. Always. Thank you.